Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into St. Mark Bemidji's podcast. I'm running a little behind this week, so I'm replaying one of our old sermons from 2021. It's a Lenten sermon titled Hidden Warrior. I hope that you are blessed through it, and we'll be back on our regular schedule starting Monday with our weekly podcast. May God bless the rest of your day. Good day, and welcome to the Sunday edition podcast of Simul Eustace Epicotter from Bemidji, Minnesota. We are excited that you have joined us to listen and ponder God's Word. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This podcast features weekly Sunday sermons from two different Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod churches located in Bemidji, Minnesota, and Sioux City, Iowa. During the week, this podcast is composed of a series of short but in-depth, unique daily devotions that follow the two-year lectionary from the Bible. If you are interested in learning more about our ministry at St. Mark's in Bemidji, direct your favorite web browser at www.stmarksbemidji.org. If you would like to learn more about our brothers and sisters at Grace Lutheran in Iowa, please take a moment to visit their website at gracelutheransc.wordpress.com or look at the show notes and the details of the podcast for a link. Our sermon for today comes out of our sister congregation of Grace Lutheran and is titled Hidden Warrior. It is based upon today's gospel reading from John 11, verses 33 through 37. And the pastor reads these words as his opening for today's meditation. We now join Pastor Allard for the sermon. Our lesson for this third Sunday in Lent comes to us from John chapter 11, reading verses 33 through 37. We read, When Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying. So far the word. We are told that Jesus was like all of us. He got tired and hungry and thirsty. When he was a child, he grew up like every other child. The scriptures say that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He grew like we did. But there was one difference. He had no sinful nature. When he was a child, that must have felt so weird to his parents. He was always respectful. He was always smart. He was always obedient. Even when they, his mom and his stepdad, even when they lost their temper for the wrong reasons. Jesus wasn't like that. Even when they were grumpy, Jesus didn't do wrong. They never had to give him a time out or a spanking. They never had to send him to his room without supper. None of this. And Peter goes on to tell us that we were redeemed from sin, death, and the devil. And I quote, with the precious blood of Christ. And he goes on to say in 1 Peter 2, Jesus committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. 
We can't do that. We can't be that. And that's why I'm glad. Glad that Jesus remained without sin all of his life. When he gave himself for us on the cross, there, when he did that, we know for certain that his was an absolutely perfect sacrifice. There's never been a human being like Jesus. But you couldn't tell it. You couldn't tell it by just looking at him, that he was sinless. I mean, he felt compassion for others. Good. He wept. He even was angry from time to time in his life, like when he cleansed the temple. And if someone had paid close attention, they might have seen that Jesus was different. They could see that. Every year, Jesus went to Jerusalem for the Passover with his family. As a 12-year-old pre-teen, Jesus went with his family as he always had. But Jesus had showed, showed that he had come for the war to come. And that was so different from anything that his family ever had in mind. And even they, his mom and his stepdad, had to be reminded. And as he engaged those temple teachers in truth discussions, and wouldn't you have loved to have been part of those discussions and heard them? They could see that Jesus was just a boy. He looked like your average sixth grader today. But the words, the words that came from his mouth gave evidence. These temple teachers, they were getting a peek at the hidden nature of Jesus. And years later, Jesus shows up late for a funeral, no less. He shows up late by four days and he cries. You know what that's like. You have been at funerals of people who you loved and love. Tears are a natural outflow of a grieving heart. The pain that comes from that loss is very, very real. And Jesus' Jesus's heart was as broken as yours or mine. We, we though have other tears to shed too. And Lent is a really good time to think about pain, but not what you might think of first. I'm talking the pain that we inflict on other people. How many times have our kids, if you're a mom or a dad, have our children been hurt by angry, by thoughtless words? How much anger have we caused? More anger, anger that never even needed to occur, but simply because we spent too much time on Facebook, on YouTube, or gaming. How many tears have been shed because we've allowed the love of our family and amongst us family members to, to starve for a time, thinking, I'll get it next week? And how many times have we avoided the chance to bring up, to share Jesus and passed on it and thus left a soul untouched by Jesus' love? How many regrets do we have because of pain? we inflict 
repentance, it begins with knowing I inflict pain. I know that's a sin. And I hate it. And sometimes that knowledge of repentance is accompanied by feelings of sorrow. And I would ask, short little prayer, but Lord, let it be so today. This real repentance. Repenting. God, give this to us. Because we have something way better than a box of tissues to dry our tears, even when it involves death. Because great, unimaginable power, unimaginable power lies just beneath the surface of our warrior, Jesus. Those in Bethany at the death of Lazarus, they had questions of this warrior, Jesus. Like, could not he who opened the eyes of a blind man have kept this man from dying? It's a good question. And they watched as Jesus grieved. But Jesus' grief was not just over a friend. Jesus' grief was because of the damage sin has done down through the millennia to billions of human beings. Death was never a part of his plan. It was introduced by Satan from the outside, from outside of our world, and we hate it. Sin and the results that it brought, we hate it. The friends of Mary and Martha, they hated those results of sin too. They probably had heard, perhaps had even seen, the recent miracle when Jesus healed a blind man, as you heard, down in Jerusalem. And those friends were naturally wondering, why hadn't Jesus laid down some of that supernatural healing power on Lazarus? He's his friend, after all. And Mary and Martha, especially Martha, was wondering that exact same question. They asked, because they knew something was special about Jesus. They knew it. And we know what exactly is special about Jesus. We know it because we have the entire scriptures which tell us Jesus is God and he made everything. And that includes us. I mean, think of the awesome power that that takes. Astronomers have told us, estimate there are 100 trillion galaxies. Galaxies. That number is not just hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine someone who could design that. A mind so vast, so brilliant. And even with just this little world that we have, they say that there are 10 million different species of animals on this planet. Think of the unlimited creativity and power it took to make all of those. None of this, of all of this, this creation, none of this is an accident. And St. Paul writes, Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Martin Luther said that trying to understand what I just read, trying to understand the incarnation 
is like trying to illuminate the sun with a candle. This is the truth, though. The eternal Son of God, when he was born in Bethlehem, added a second nature to his perfect, unlimited self. God also became a human being. He made himself nothing. Literally, that means he emptied himself. He put most, much of what his Godhood means, and he put it up on a shelf, and he hid his glory. He hid it, but once in a while, he peels back that veil. And this was one of those times. He told Martha those beautiful words, those awesome words, you will see the glory of God. And we know what he's talking about, even though she didn't get it quite yet. You know the rest of this miraculous account. He called the dead Lazarus out of the grave. And he showed a glimpse of his power. And with that power, he smacked death in the face. He forced death to yield to his power. Kind of like a warrior, a soldier practicing his craft, practicing his skills before a great conflict. Jesus is getting ready for the final battle with the devil and all the righteous anger of God. And focus for a moment on Satan. Look at the damage that Satan has done and is doing. His personal goal goes so far beyond the virus that he enabled and sent into this world. And remember, every suffering can be traced back to him. It's not just about a virus. His goal is to rob you of your faith, to take away your hope, and to see you burn in hell where he can laugh in your face. Obviously, he will laugh while he's in pain, but to laugh in your face. Satan is bigger than any human being. And that's why God's plan to save this world was so perfect. We have a sinless human Jesus as our perfect sacrifice for sin. But if Jesus were just a perfect human... Jesus could have literally died billions of times, come back, died again for each and every one of the people he created, for each and every human being. But even that wouldn't have been enough. He is the Son of God. And his death was more precious than... His death was more precious than the death of the entire human race. His suffering and death then was complete. Complete for each and every one of us. Perfect man, perfect God. Perfect plan. Jesus called Lazarus, though, his friend. Please note that. Please do not forget that. His friend, Lazarus, was very, very important to him. By baptism... He calls you friend. By washing you in baptism, he has made you his friend. So how do you think he feels about you? Especially when you're at a weak spot, a weak point in your life. How do you think he feels about you? 
Sometimes we wonder when the kid at school who's picking on you or the coworker who is just constantly critical of your efforts and you're thinking to yourself, man, what is the deal with you? Or it could be a spouse who can do more damage than anybody potentially giving you the silent treatment. It can be your friends abandoning you. Look at the cross and find your answer there of how does he feel about you? You and I, yes, will continue to struggle in our lives. Maybe it's body, physical pain. Maybe, maybe it's the pain that's worse, the heartbreak. We struggle with doubts about our faith. We struggle with doubts even as to God's existence from time to time. You pray, but it seems as if God's not listening. You pray. You read the Bible, but it doesn't seem to speak to you. It's almost as if God is hiding. And you know what? He is. For now, he actually is hiding, but hiding in plain sight, in the word of God, and in the sacrament. We are fully aware of the fact that the devil and his angels then, yes, they are circling us. God teaches us our entire lives. They're looking for pounce points, weak points. But we know that God has made a promise to each one of us. The one who is in you, the one who is in you, is greater than the one who is in the world. So picture this. With one hand, that God, man, Jesus, is holding and controlling the entire universe, and in the other hand, the other hand is encircled around you, his friend. Each of you, his friends. How is this possible to be so vast and yet to be so personal with each member of the human race? What is? What, what did God say? With God, nothing is impossible. So yeah, you cannot see it yet. Our risen Jesus is filling the entire world with his presence, and yes, he has chosen to remain hidden from our vision for now, but he's there. He has always been there. And he is working out his plan for each of you because you matter to him. The cross proves that. He's fighting for you then, our warrior. The Bible tells us that means he is making all things work together for our good. Do you believe that? Oh, I know your faith is tested on that throughout your life, but do you believe it? I hope I can hear an amen. I hope I can hear an amen from every one of us. Every prayer you have uttered as a believer has been picked up by him, purified and placed before the throne of God. He has assigned angels to each and every one of us to protect us as our spiritual battles are being waged for our souls. The tears of Jesus. All of these actions of Jesus prove that his tears are real. 
Isn't that finally what it all comes down to? Are the tears of Jesus real? The tears of Jesus show. The tears of Jesus over the death of his good friend show that he cares more than you will ever know. The cross proves that, and our Jesus assures it. You are in the best and most powerful hands in the universe. Now, now, yes, he remains hidden, but his power remains through all eternity for us. Now. So know this. You are in the mighty warrior's hands. So live boldly with him. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Sunday mornings. Sunday School and Adult Bible Study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. If you're listening to this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. In addition to our traditional worship services, we will continue to create our podcasts and post video versions of our divine services. Links to a video version of our church services can be found on our website, www.stmarksbemidji.org. Our services will continue to be live-streamed Sunday at 8 a.m. and are posted for later viewing if this time is not convenient for you. Search YouTube for St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji to find our video content archive, including previous streams. If you have any questions or would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review and telling a friend.